welcome to Press Church. I'm Krista Hoffman. We have our e-bulletin available online with links to our Connect form and website. You can access this by opening the camera app on your iPhone or Android device and pointing it at the QR code on the screen. If you're new with us today, we are so glad you've joined us. Please connect with us by going to presschurch.tv or by snapping the QR code with your device and clicking on the I'm new link. This is not a commitment to anything, but an opportunity for us to support you and thank you for joining us. Woven, our women's weekly Bible study, will be meeting tomorrow, Monday, from 7 to 8.30 p.m. at our Powell campus. For more information, please contact me at cfhoffman at yahoo.com or find me after the service today. Each Monday night from 6 to 8.15 p.m., we partner with the Dream Center in Delaware to deliver groceries to families in need. We build relationships with these families and grow in our own faith as we serve others. You can volunteer once or twice a month or even weekly. To find out how you can participate, please contact Pastor Jason at jason.allison at presschurch.tv. Registration is now open for the If Local Women's Event on March 4th and 5th at our Powell campus. This event will focus on how to live in the world right now and how to navigate a life that goes against culture. How do we build community in the middle of that? How do we tell people about Jesus? Our lives matter in this time, and we are not going to waste it. Registration is $20, and if you'd like to register, please go to iflocal.com. And for additional information, please contact Chrissy Bontrager at chrissy.bontrager at presschurch.tv. Press Youth will be meeting next Sunday from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at our Powell campus. This is an amazing opportunity for our youth to connect with each other and learn more about God. If you'd like to join Press Church in making a difference in this community, there are four ways you can support us financially. If you're visiting a campus in person, there is a box by the back exit of the Worship Center where you can drop your support as you leave. If you prefer to send a check, please send it to 8794 Big Bear Avenue, Powell, Ohio, 43065. The easiest way to give is by visiting our website or texting any amount to the number 84321. Let's celebrate everything God has given us and support the community both locally and globally. Now let's prepare to engage what God has for us today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee, and I'm the lead pastor here. For those of you joining us online, thank you for joining us as well. Uh, we are continuing in Crazy Train today. Um, who, who's been, I, I guess you can just give me a show of hands, who's been like super convicted over these last like five weeks of Crazy Train? Am I the only one? Maybe I'm the only one. Okay, there's a few people. Yeah, yeah. It, this, is, this, has been, uh, this has been tough stuff. And so if you're joining us for the first time in this uh, series, we've been working through uh, what we're calling crazy indicators. 
crazy indicators in your relationships that are causing issues, things that, that are uh, problems that cause problems, that cause distractions, that cause issues in our relationships, and we're causing, calling those crazy indicators. So each week we've been, uh, we've been hitting a crazy indicator uh, that we tend to see in relationships. Um, who has a friend or a spouse or a coworker or just somebody that you know close to that always happens to have a convenient excuse? Anybody, anybody you have somebody in mind, it's, it's like, they always, they always just have a convenient excuse, no matter, you know, what happens. Uh, it could have been something that they said was going to happen or something they promised. There's always a convenient excuse for it, for it not happening. You know, oh, I'm sorry, I, would, I totally would have been on time, but I had to take my dog out. I, you know, I hit the train on the way. Uh, they won't say anything about the fact that they, you know, were, you know, binge-watching a show on Netflix or something like that before they came or... You know, I'm sorry I'm late. Oh, man, they, they won't tell you that they didn't actually set an alarm. They, they just always have a convenient excuse. I, I like the, I don't know if any of you guys are sports fans. Uh, you know, oh, our team totally would have won if it wasn't for that ref. Or, you know, there's always a convenient excuse. Uh, I, I used to, when I was in high school playing video games, you know, I'd, I'd have these guys that we'd be playing with. And, and They'd be like, man, if I was in my house playing on my TV with my controller, I totally would have won. It's like, right, right, exactly. You just needed that controller, which is exactly the same as the one that I have here. You know, we, we, we do those, right? We have all these, we have excuses. And what, is, what does all these have in common? The thing that all these have in common is blame. It's blame. They, they don't want to take the blame. It's always somebody else's fault, right? It's never my fault. It's somebody else's fault. It's something else. That's why it happened. It's not my fault. There's no way I can take responsibility. The new one is, is COVID, right? Everything's COVID's fault. Oh, it's blame COVID. Well, you know, I was going to go to church, but, you know, there's, there's some cases, and, you know, so we're going to stay home today. By the way, don't look at their social media because, you know, they went out to like five restaurants that week and went to the hockey game and, sorry, I might be stepping on some toes. But it's like, COVID is like the get out of jail free card, right? And it's a perfect excuse. Don't tell me you haven't used it. Everybody hears you, oh, you know, COVID. It's COVID's fault. And you all know, you all know, I've done it, right? You've done it. You don't want to do something? COVID. So this week we're going to talk about the blame game. We all do it. We've all been blamed. We all blame others. And as much as we can joke about the excuses and things like that, the problem is blame is one of the most dangerous and destructive patterns that we have in our relationships. And so we got to talk about that. So if you're new with us today or you haven't been around Press Church very long, every week we get the pastors together and we hop in a car and we talk about the sermon for the day. So let's take a look at this video. If we get an accident, I'll just I'll blame something. <laughs> it was the other guy's fault. Yes. <laughs> Never accept blame. We like in to an accident. We like to practice through the things that we're teaching on Sunday. <laughs> you know, like how does this really play out? Yeah. Since you know we 
don't struggle with any of this ourselves. You know. Do what I say, not what I do. Yeah. Uh, the, the rarity of anyone accepting the blame. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, it typically doesn't happen unless you have a politician and then they're spinning it. Yeah. I was just about to say like, politics, man. Yeah, it's if like... you, you want to see the art of <laughs> the taking art of... the blame, <laughs> oh, just watch a politician oh, sometimes. Yeah. Well, but that's the thing. Now, because of that, anytime someone does accept the blame, Right, we we blame them. They're like, yeah, you know what? I was at fault. We're like, oh wait, they're trying to spend this. They're going to turn this against me. What right. am I not? You know, we don't even trust it. Yeah. Wait, so, <laughs> wait, what what are you playing here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, personal responsibility <laughs> is not involved exactly with the blame game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I do hate it when I am so I'm just so convinced that it's someone else's fault. And I'm ready to blame them, you know? And then I really get down that road of blaming, and then all of a sudden I find out it really wasn't their fault, and it's pretty obvious I did something stupid. I hate that to no end. That just, duh. The question is, what do you do do with that? Well, you know, at the end of the day, though, all of these issues come down to uh, selfishness, and you pointed that out a couple weeks ago, Sean. It's just, uh, for instance, like when we blame, we're, we're really... Uh, trying to deflect from our own responsibility, right? Yes. Or our own yeah. uh, whatever we right. may be at fault for right. in, in, in the situation. Right? Yeah. 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 I don't have to work at it to blame others. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it just comes Well, naturally. you know, hey, going back to uh, the garden. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's one of the first things they did. That's right. But, that woman you gave me. Right, right. right. But that's the thing. It's like we just keep doing it over and over again and it just becomes yeah. part of what we do. Look at little kids yeah. right little kids know yes. how to blame oh yeah they're they're excellent they're yes. excellent blamers yes. we don't have to be tied no it's what i've found in especially in my life like the within my marriage right the, the more i blame Kristen, the more i start to see her in a negative light and then the more i blame her and the more i see myself in a more positive light and so it turns into this vicious cycle. Yeah. And, yeah. and honestly, it's totally wrong. Mm-hmm. You, you know, 99 times out of 100, she's way more right than I am on most things. But... <laughs> she's going to she's gonna keep this. <laughs> this is on record, Jake. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, you know, but, but when, I, when I want to prove myself right and I start blaming her for a problem, I start seeing her as the problem. Oh, yeah. And, and that's where it, it just turns into this vicious cycle and why blame is, is it's such a, a poison yeah you know why do we why do we subject ourselves to Sunday morning uh, you, you know into a teaching and, and like this where it forces us to see life from another perspective from a new angle it, it forces us to hear something that's different than we're used to yeah. and the question really with that is, are we going to listen, and will we do anything with it? Are we going to listen? I know a lot of us are really good at that, myself included. Very, very good listener. Um, that was a joke. You're allowed to laugh. All right, so why do we blame? Why do we blame people? Uh, I, I found four that just popped out to me really well. The first was this. It's easy. Why do we blame? It's easy. You you don't have to learn the art. There's not like self-help books like here's how to how to blame somebody. It's like nope, I I kind of got that one in, in check already. It's easy. Number two, 
Self-protection. I feel this one. I was, t- I was telling the group before church, it's like, I, I, I feel this. I want to I protect myself. I, I want to be the right one. I want to be the best. I want you to know why I do something. Even if you think you should blame me for something, I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't. Because I was thinking through it, and I meant to do this, and I'm, I'm going to protect myself. Self-protection. Three, it puts us in control. As soon as you blame somebody, you feel, you feel better about yourself. You're bigger. You're in control of the situation. And last, denial or lack of self-awareness. This one's, this one's tough because a lot of us, we, we just want to hide those things. It's like, ah, oh, they, don't, they don't even know about it. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just going to just deny it. I'm in denial that anything is my fault. Or you're just so unaware of how you're coming off that you're just, I, I don't need, why would I take the blame? It's not my fault. And so these are some of the things that I think of, of why we would blame. It's easy. I want to protect myself. I want to be in control. I want to control the situation. And one is just, you're just unaware. You just don't even, you just don't know any better. And the thing is, with all these, is we have, what I think of is a self-serving bias. We think of ourselves first, right? A self-serving bias. If something goes great, if something goes well, oh, it was, it was me. I did it. If something goes bad, oh, there's no... no. That ain't me. I didn't do that. You see that in, in your jobs at all? Something good happens, you did something, and your, your, your boss is like, oh, that was, that was me. I did that. You're like, well, that, I, that, was, that was all me. Where, why didn't I get the credit? But if something's bad, right, you screw something up, what does that boss do? Oh, it was, you know, it was those guys. If it's good, we'll take credit. If it's bad, we won't. It's funny, I was talking to a a guy at church, he's, uh, he goes to a church, and he says pastor's like that. His pastor, if something good happens, oh, the pastor's like, oh, yes, our church is so great. Look at, uh, look at me. Look. If something's bad, it's like, oh, well, those people, they're just. We do that. We, we all do that. We have a self-serving bias. In, in the video, CR mentioned the garden. He said start in the garden. He's referring to the Adam and Eve story in Genesis. Right after they had disobeyed God, You'll see the blame starts in Genesis 3, 12 and 13. This is right after they had eaten the, the fruit that they weren't supposed to eat. And they're, and they're in the garden, and God's looking for them, and, and they're hiding. And, and they, they were ashamed because they were naked. And God said, who, who told you you were naked? And, and this, is, this is where the conversation starts. The man said, God, the woman, right away, the woman you put, so... The woman that you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent, the serpent deceived me and I ate. It's her fault. No, it's his fault. No, it's the snake's fault. No, it's your fault, God. Why did you set it up this way? You knew I was going to eat that fruit, didn't you? It's your fault. Blame, blame, blame. It can't be me. Never, heaven <laughs> forbid, it's my fault. And this is what's, what's so wild about blame. You ready? Next, next slide. Go ahead, Tooch. 
it solves nothing. What good happened from that? What good happens from you blaming somebody for something? Anybody have a story of where blame strengthened their marriage? Made a coworker trust you more? Strengthen that friendship? No. Now, what blame does do is it causes shame. Think about that. When you receive blame, what, what happens? That, that internal struggle starts, starts going when you receive blame. It doesn't even have to be true. Someone can blame you for something that you didn't do, and you still, that internal struggle starts like, wait, did, are, are they right? Was it? Was it my fault? Maybe, maybe it was my fault. Did I screw them? And even if it is somewhat valid, even if the blame is somewhat valid, being attacked with blame doesn't lead us to be, you know, open to accepting it or having an honest conversation. I, I used to joke with, with Bethany early on in our marriage when we fought. We don't fight anymore, so it was early on in our marriage when we fought. And she would, she would say, I just want a hug. So we're arguing, right? It's like voices are raised. I just want a hug. I'm like, why would I want to hug you when you're yelling at me? <laughs> and I'm yelling at you. It's not, I'm, I'm, it's not like I was calm and she was. It's like we were both not calm. I'm like, it's like a barking dog, right? It's like you're not going to go, oh, you look like a friendly pet. <laughs> you know, you're going to, it's like, all right, I'm going to keep my distance. But, but here's the thing. It was self-protective on my front, right? I was protecting myself. I cared less about Bethany and more about me and my pride. I'm not going to hug you. You just said I was stupid. Which we know all of these arguments, I've said this before, every argument just continues to like devolve into like, it's not even about what you started with. It's now, well, you said I was dumb. And you, it's like, you don't even know what you're arguing about anymore. But in that, it's like, I cared more about protecting myself. And that's what happens when you're blamed. When someone blames you, you go into self-protection mode. It could be right. It could be true. And it doesn't matter. You're like, well, nope, I'm not taking that. Conversely, if we are the ones doing the blaming, it comes off like we don't have any issues. If you're always blaming, you're playing Mr. or Mrs. High and Mighty, right? I'm, I'm, I'm the one who's enforcing blame. I don't have any problems. You're the problem. I'm not the problem. You're the problem. We pass judgment. A lot of us uh, are familiar with the, the Matthew 7 verse. It's in Matthew 7, 3 through 5. We like to say this a lot in the, in the judging realm. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. We like to judge. We like to be in control. 
We like to control the situation, and a lot of times we do that through blame. I don't have any problem. You have the problem. So how do we end this? How do we end the blame game? My first point today is this. Run from the you cycle. I think we all know where I'm going with this. Run from the you cycle. You. You is a strong word when you're talking to somebody. You. You did it. It's your fault. Why did you do that? Adam did it to God. The woman you put here with me. Our first day um, on our honeymoon, when Beth and I, we, we, we were um, going out. We, we were in, in Hawaii. It's our first day. We'd, we'd gotten in the night before. We go outside. I'd rented a, a cool convertible, you know, because it's, you know, we're out in the sun. Hop in the car. It was funny. I, I was thinking about this. I should have had the picture. There's actually a picture of me in the convertible, like, looking all cool. And that was, like, five minutes or even maybe two minutes before, like, all hell unleashed. Because everything was good. Everything was good, you know. We're in the convertible. About to go to a beach or something. I didn't know where we were going. And I didn't know Bethany didn't know where we were going. So I look over at Bethany. Hey, where are we going? You got the map. I don't know. What do you mean, where are we going? Well, your parents know this place. This is your parents. You should, don't you know? I don't know where we're going. What do you mean you don't know? You got the map right in front of you. Where are we going? Tell me where to, I, I literally had started pulling out, and I'm like driving. I'm like, don't you know where we're at? No, I, what do you mean? You, you should, you know I don't like maps. Why aren't you? And, and again, it's just start, you, you. Why didn't you do that? And so, and, you know, I get frustrated. Fine. Pull over, get in the parking lot. Let me see the map. I'll I'm a really nice guy sometimes. This is good. You guys need to see that there's, you know, you're not the only ones who argue about maps. Um, you, you, you. It's your fault. Usually when we blame, it's, it's covering up our own, our own problems. I could have said, oh, you know, it's my fault. I should have asked you. I could have looked at the map myself. No, couldn't say that. It's her fault, right? Obviously. We like to blame others. We like to, to find a reason. In John uh, chapter 9, there's an interesting interaction. Uh, it's verses 1 and 2. And the disciples are with Jesus. And it says, as they went along, they saw, they saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, I, I, this, this verse doesn't necessarily have to do a lot with blame, but it shows, like, how our minds work. They're looking for an answer. Who's to blame for this? We look for that. Who's to blame? Why is it this way? It's, it's his fault. He must have sinned. It's his fault. You're blind because you sinned. You shouldn't have sinned. It goes on to say that, that he was blind to show the glory of God so that God could be revealed through him. But it still speaks to something for us that we, we look, we're always looking for somebody other than ourselves to take the blame. It's never us. Some of us need to stop keeping lists of the times that our spouses didn't do what we wanted them to do. Some of us need to stop counting how many times our friends have let us down. Some of us need to stop pointing the finger out. 
take a hard look inside. And if you're feeling convicted, you're in good company because I have to work on all of these myself too. We all deal with this. We all want to protect ourselves. We all don't want to take the blame. We want to we give it out. We have to look inside. We have to understand that we have to take responsibility for ourselves first. Second point to end the blame game, take the first step. Whether this is apologizing for blame, I'll say the sooner the better, trust me, or coming forward as the one who probably should have taken the blame. Take the first step. This feels dangerous. This feels scary. What are they going to do if I take the blame? What are they going to do if I apologize first for blaming? It's amazing. I don't know if you've done this before. It's amazing how freeing it is to own up to something. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think of it, but it's like it's amazing how freeing it is. Because once you've owned up to it, they can't hold it over your head. Once you've come and said, I screwed up, I'm sorry, now all of a sudden it's like that, that doesn't have power anymore. Now it can be passive aggressive. Jason said something about in the video. Oh, it's totally. Do you have anybody like that? They, they screw up. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just a terrible person. <laughs> and you're like, you want to say, yeah, you are. But, you know, you try to be nicer than that. You have that person. It's like everything. Oh, it's, it's my fault. I know. Yeah, I know. It's my fault. I shouldn't have done that. And you know it's not sincere. Don't be passive aggressive about it. Learn from it. If you screwed up, if you actually could be the one that takes the blame, learn from it. Grow from it. It doesn't define you the rest of your life. So many of us were afraid to mess up. We're afraid to confess that we don't have it all together. Join the club. You're not alone. We all do it. We all screw up. And there's something that I've come to realize. If you're in a relationship that's worthwhile, taking the first step is not as dangerous as it feels. If you're in a relationship that's worthwhile, it's not nearly as dangerous as you think. I wish that when, when I have arguments that I'm the first one to say I'm sorry, but I'm not always. I'm stubborn. I'm a very stubborn person. This is funny. Bethany and I joke about this. We're both very stubborn, and I'm like, our kids, good Lord, they're, look out. Whoever, whoever their future spouse is, if they end up getting married, or if they, whatever, their friend, they're, look out. They're going to be stubborn. And we'll sit there. It's like Bethany and I will be looking at each other, and we'll both be like, I don't want to say sorry. Oh, no. We're, just, we're stubborn. But here's the thing. If you're with somebody that you know absolutely loves you, you saying sorry is not as dangerous as you think. They're not going to hold that over your head. They're not going to make you feel silly for doing that. And honestly, a lot of times what happens when you take that first step, it triggers something in them. Now all of a sudden you're like, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry for that. I've been, I've been acting this way for the last couple weeks. And I've just, you know, it's been tough at work. And I've got a lot on my plate. And I've been acting like a real jerk. And, I'm, you know, I'm sorry too. I'm sorry I blamed you for that other stuff. You know, I didn't really mean it. It's, it's amazing what that first step will do. And I'm not saying it's not hard. And hear me too, I'm not saying it doesn't come 
without risks. Because I think we've all had those people or friendships or interactions where we actually were the first to apologize and they used it against us. But that's why I said relationships that are worthwhile. Not every relationship is a good relationship. Not every relationship should you be in. Last one, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Anybody, this sounds familiar, anybody? This one's really easy. It's right out of the Bible. Wisdom, right at you. James 1, 19 and 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Basically, when you don't listen and you like to talk first, you're going to get yourself in trouble. You're going to do something stupid. You're going to say something you shouldn't have. It's like we, we, we overthink some of this. Anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Usually when, we're, when we start this blame thing, we're still, there's still a little bit of chill, right? We're still... Temperatures hasn't gotten too high yet. We're still good. What happens? Then you start talking. And then all of it goes downhill really quick. You start talking. Do you want to blame somebody? Be willing to listen. Be willing to have a conversation. Is someone blaming you for something? Be willing to listen. Be willing to have a conversation. Both sides can do it. Both sides can, can go and have a conversation and talk and say, well, th- you know, this is why I said what I said. This is why I feel the way that I feel. I. Start with I, not you. Don't play the blame game. We, uh, we did a sermon series a while back. It was, called, it was just called Simple. And there was a statement uh, in this series that we kept coming back to, and it was this. It says, simple does not equal easy. Simple does not equal easy. Listening is simple. It's not easy. Letting someone speak first is a simple concept. It's surprisingly not easy. You know what is easy to do? Blame. That's easy. And when it comes to relationships, it's really simple. We've said this many times. There's so many layers to relationships. It's, it's easy to, to, to say, oh, well, just do this all the time. No. There's like asterisks everywhere, right? There's like this, the, the small fine print. Well, in this situation... It doesn't work. Sometimes you shouldn't be in that relationship. Sometimes that's unhealthy and you need to get out of it. But sometimes I'm the problem. Sometimes I'm the one not listening. Sometimes I'm the one who's impatient. I'm the one who gets angry quickly. And instead of taking and looking inside, we choose to blame. I choose to blame. It's easy.
I think, um, I think for all of us, we all desire better relationships. We all desire to have trust. We all desire to have these things. And the thing is, it's not, it's not easy. It takes work. It takes time. It takes conversation. It takes listening. It takes all these things that are not natural to us. You know, we're joking about the kids. You don't have to tr- tell a kid how to be selfish. You don't have to tell a kid how to blame. It's, it's incredible. You want to you wanna see just, like, how easy it is to, to be mean? Like, just look at kids sometimes, and you don't have to train them. With this being so hard, let's do what we can to make this more simple. Let's keep it as simple as possible. Keep James 1, 19 and 20 in your heart this week. How can I be quick to listen? How can I be slow to speak? How can I keep my anger in check? And maybe we'll see the complexities of relationships start to get a little simpler. You know, instead of getting to the point where you're just straight out yelling, maybe we, maybe we don't have as much yelling this time. And this is the other thing I think that we need to remember. We'll, we'll hear things like this and think that it's like an on-off switch. Like, okay, well, I'm going to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, and everything's going to be perfect. Bang, light switch on, beautiful. It rarely works like that. It's a process. It takes time. But if you have relationships that are worth it, if you have people in your life that are worth it, start with this. See what happens. Test it. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the wisdom that is in your word. We thank you for your love for us. And God, we know that we can be selfish and we know that we can be self-protective and we know that we can be controlling and manipulative and all these other things. And it's so easy, God. But I pray that each of us today, that we would take this challenge of, of being quick to listen, being slow to speak, slow to become angry, God. And that because of that, because of your help with that, that we would see our relationships flourish, God, that we would see our relationships grow, that we would build trust. God, that you would work through us. We know that we need your help. And I pray that if, if we are the ones who are usually blaming God, I pray that we would, we would stop, that we would take a step back, that we would that we would get that maybe nudge from your Holy Spirit saying, eh, not this time. And if we're in a relationship where we get a bunch of blame, God, I pray that we can navigate that with your strength. That if it is a relationship that we shouldn't be in, that you would give us wisdom in that. And if it is a relationship that we need to work through, that you would give us the wisdom of what to say and how to say it. And if there's something that we need to apologize for, or something that we need to own up to, God, that you would allow us and give us the strength to do that. We love you. We thank you that you are with us, that you lead us and guide us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Please stand and join us as we continue this time of worship.